welcome to Breitbart News Daily. Thanks for being here. Uh, we don't know what we didn't know what segment to put here. So this is the first segment of the second hour. The opening of the show, I did a much longer analysis of the impeachment inquiry. This segment, I did a quicker analysis with more phone calls. We took a ton of phone calls today. We took fifty phone calls. Um, it was great, and there's some in here too. Phone calls were wonderful. So. This is just a taste of what we did for three hours on SiriusXM Patriot today. And then we'll go to Emma Jo Morris, who is def- without question the highlight of the show. We'll do that next. Here it is. Emma Joe Morris coming up at 8 o'clock about this. Uh, I'm going to take your phone calls right now. 1-866-95-PATRIOT. 866-95-PATRIOT. My initial take is, I think I have three quick points. Uh, impeachment. I don't think Republicans should impeach Joe Biden. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a second. Hang tight. I think you'll like my reason. No, oh, you're the problem, Slater. Republicans like you, so weak, pathetic, wimpy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's why I don't think you should impeach the president. Impeachments are pretty worthless. They don't, they literally don't do anything. They don't do anything. I don't, like, what? I think a lot of people for a long time thought impeachment meant automatic removal from office. Impeachment means kick them out of office. That's not what that means. It doesn't mean anything. So I don't know what good it does. I don't know why it's helpful other than maybe it feels good, I guess, but I don't. Yeah, like and here's here's the proof that impeachments are nothing. Trump was impeached twice. Who cares? Who cares? It didn't affect a thing. It didn't stop Trump in any way whatsoever. Like like he like went to work the next day and like like nothing changed at all. It was nothing. Impeachment is a strongly worded letter. Impeachment is it's nothing. So I don't know why one would do it. I guess maybe there's like an argument. I'm open to an argument, but something like, oh, he'll go down in history as someone who was impeached. And like, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about an impeachment inquiry. So an impeachment inquiry gives the committees the legal authority to dig deeper into investigating Biden and his family. Now, I don't know why this couldn't have been done sooner. Don't know what the holdup's been. But the benefit of an impeachment inquiry, which is what I'm for, is that now, if anything criminal is found, then people involved can be charged criminally. That's the game. You with me? That's the game. So if your critique is, oh, Slater's gone soft. No, you have. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I don't think you've gone soft. I think, I think, uh, I think impeachment's missing the mark. I think it's similar to my death penalty analysis. Like, I'm against the death penalty, and people are like, "Oh, so you? Why are you so soft on crime or something?" And it's like, no, no, no. I think life rotting in prison forever, for at least as long as you live, I think that's way worse. That's way, way worse for someone. That I, I do not want to give the murderer the sweet release of death. I want them to rot every single day, all day long, for as long as they live. In a, in a concrete cell. So that's, that's why I'm against the death penalty because I think it's too soft. And I think it's similar here with impeachment. I think impeachment is, it's too soft. It's nothing. It does like, if, I think about it like this: if you're, if you're all gung ho about impeachment, oh, we got to impeach the president. Okay, let's say, let's say we impeach the president uh, today, this afternoon. 
Uh, what happens on Thursday? Nothing. Nothing happens. So, okay. You're like, yeah, we impeached him. We got him. Now what? Nothing at all. We got to look past impeachment. Look beyond impeachment. Impeachment is is it's, it's a zero. If you want to play the game that the left is playing, you got to throw people in jail. The left wants to throw Donald Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, in prison. Okay, let me ask you this. Which do you think Mark Meadows would rather have had? Impeached or criminal charges? <laughs> okay, which do you think Mark... I think Mark Meadows would rather be impeached. Okay, so... If you want to stick it to your political enemies and you want to do the same thing that they're doing to you, you don't impeach. They want to throw Trump's lawyers in prison. They want to throw America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. We just did with the 22nd anniversary of 9-11 a minute ago. He was the mayor of unloved Rudy. They want to put him in prison. They want to put Trump in prison. Impeachment to me is way too low. It's not even a slap on the wrist. It's literally nothing. I guess there's maybe some optics to it, but even the optics have backfired. It's not, you need, if, if you want to do anything, it's criminal charges. And the benefit, and this is from the, I'm only speaking from the left's perspective here, with what they're doing to Trump and you. and the, the, One of the benefits of the uh, going criminally after someone, if, again, if you're just like this vindictive, like, like the, the new game we're playing, is if nothing else, you're causing someone to drain their kids' college funds with lawyer fees. If you just bring someone in for questioning, they got to get lawyers, they're six figures in, and it's this whole thing now. So if you want to pay, play the payback game, you need, you need to go after them criminally. Impeachment doesn't cut it. That, that's, I'm just throwing that out there, and you can do what you want with it. 866-95-PATRIOT. Uh, Here's my most important point, and then we'll take your phone call. Whatever the Republicans find needs to be boiled down in a way that can break through the bubble. And I think this is a uh, something that conservatives in the bubble often miss, and that is that most people are not in the bubble. Most people do not pay attention to politics. Most people do not follow politics. Most people can't tell you how many states there are in the United States of America. And I was, I was saying in the first hour, I think it'd be a fascinating social experiment if there was a SiriusXM conference and people went to the conference and went to the different stations that they listened to the most. So you have everyone in the TikTok station and everyone in the Andy Cohen station, and everyone in the Howard station, and then everyone in the, the Patriot station. And if you went over to the TikTok station and you asked everyone to name the three branches of government, you, you literally might have not a single person be able to tell you them. If you ask people in the Andy Cohen station how many, how many uh, who the first president of the United States was, you, there's a chance no one in the room can tell you. So I say that not to get, not to get in a spat with Andy Cohen, but if, if uh, you want to talk to the people, if you want to talk to people outside the bubble, we live in the bubble, okay? It's 612 in the morning for the love of Pete. We're out in essential time. It's 712, still early. Point remains. It's very early in the morning. And you're listening to analysis of a potential impeachment inquiry. Okay. You're in the bubble and it's a great place to be. I love the bubble. I love the bubble. The bubble's important. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. But you got to admit we're in it. So if you want to get out of it, if you want to make any political headway outside of the bubble, you have to have something that is so, uh, I don't know what the right word is. I've been using the word pithy. It's got to be piercing. That's a good word. It's got to be piercing. 
and it has to be able to land in one shot. You have to distill whatever you come up with in an impeachment inquiry has to be distilled down like a sniper. It's got to be precise and piercing in one shot to get outside the bubble and land at all in any way with anyone. Or not, or you don't have to get outside the bubble with it, and that's fine too, I guess. You can just live it inside the bubble, and we can talk about barisma, whatever. That's inside the bubble stuff. Outside the bubble stuff, it's a totally different game. And I think there's all this confusion always, and I'm still going to get a bunch of people calling and being like, oh, Slater, you don't understand. It's like, no, no, two conversations. There's an inside the bubble conversation and an outside the bubble conversation. I know the inside the bubble stuff. And I'm only, and so do you. We all know. We're on the same page. But if you want to get outside the bubble, you have to. it's got to be different. It's a different world out there. It's a different world. So I'll give you an example, and then we'll take your calls. An example of something that lands outside the bubble. Hey, we should impeach the president. Why? Well, he lied under oath about having sex with an intern. Boom. Got it. Okay? I understand it. Lied under oath. Sex with intern. Got it. (laughs) I understand the story. Hey, we got to impeach this president. Why? Well, his son was doing was was a he did a lobby he started a lobbying company and he was doing work with this Ukrainian natural gas company Burisma and the money for access to Joe the vice president at the time this was back in 2008 and then uh Burisma would pay Hunter and then Hunter would give the money to a Chinese shell organization which would then loan him the money back and then he wouldn't have to pay taxes on it so that was like tax for and we have all these uh, bank dollars. It's like, no, no, no. Inside the bubble, great. Inside the bubble, we've done hours and hours explaining all of this. Good luck telling that to someone at the TikTok channel. Maybe, maybe, maybe we don't need to tell anyone at the TikTok channel. That's okay. But if you want to tell someone, that, if you want to tell someone outside the bubble, it's got to be, it's got to be better. And you get one chance. Eight six six nine five Patriot. I saw a survey. They asked forty one thousand adults ten U.S. history, like ten basic U.S. history civic questions, and a passing score was six. Six. What? What percentage of Americans passed? They asked forty one thousand adults. What percentage of Americans passed a ten question civics test? You had to get six right in order to pass. Six. The, the penalty for only getting five should be immediate deportation. It should, it should be, oh, you lose. You, got, you only got five right? All right. You got to go. Here, back of the van. You're gone. You can go anywhere you want. We'll do one-way ticket anywhere, anywhere in the world. We'll send you. But you can't stay here. You've been, on this earth, you've been on this country for 40 years, and you don't know who the first president was? Like, you can't stay here. Sorry. Like, that should be, that should be the terms of this survey. Alas, it was not. People would get it all wrong and they would giggle and go off and then vote in the next election. That's that's what we do in this country and we wonder why things are not going well. What percentage of Americans do you think passed the civics exam? 36% passed. 36% passed. 64% couldn't get six right. Like basic questions, like who did we fight World War II against? 60% of people didn't know who we fought World War II against. What are you talking about? What do you mean? How can that be? So we can talk all about Barisma, but just know if you want to go outside the bubble, it's got to be different. Okay. Let's go, enough of me. Let's go to William, who's been waiting very patiently in uh, West Virginia. What's going on, William? How are you? Neither a peppy either, so that's how it is. That's all right. Wait, wait, sorry, sorry, I didn't hear you. Say it again. Hello? Yeah, can you hear me, William? Yes, I can. Yeah, yeah, you just turn the radio off. You can talk on the old... uh, the old phone there. What's going on, William? How okay, are you? I don't have radio on. Oh, I'm doing great. Good. What's on uh, your mind? Here? First of all, I want to thank you for being uh, my daily historical perspective. Thanks, William. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, listening to you since you've taken over, Bart. Bart. Thank you, sir. All right. Um, my comment was uh, the 
uh, what'd you say, uh, the last one, piercing? Yes, piercing. Um, Joe Biden is making this country unsafe, and he's been profiting from it from day one. Do you think that will get outside the bubble? I think it's got a chance. I mean, it sounds like the you know the average Joe would could could because uh, they can tie the uh, unsafe border, the fentanyl, the the other things to some of the his unsafe uh, border policies as well as his uh, horrible uh, economic and energy policies as well. Mm-hmm. And he's profited from a lot of that his decisions. Yeah, I think you would need to quickly, like as, as quickly as possible, be able to connect a, a profit. You have to be able to prove the profit. Because someone who doesn't know what's going on or understand anything or maybe even is like inclined to like Joe or not like you, William, because you're like a big Trump supporter, uh, it's got to be as clear as day that he profited. It's got to be a one, one degree of separation. Do you think the Republicans can do that? Okay. Well, I think that the evidence is there if they've just got the uh, intestinal fortitude to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I, and I hope the – William, I appreciate the call very much. Thank you for your kind words. I, I hope the impeachment inquiry uncovers all that stuff. I, I hope like, that's why I'm for impeachment inquiry, and I, I, I hope they find it and they can make that one – it's got to be – it can't be – so here it is. It can't be Joe Biden profited. How? Well, Hunter was paid, and then there's a text message that said to his daughter that says he paid half of Pop's money. and Like, that's enough for you and me. I get it. But if you want, again, this is a two, two different conversations. One conversation is you and me in the bubble, and then the outside the conversation. My, right now I'm talking about getting outside the bubble. If you want to get outside the bubble, uh, it's got to be here is the email. Or here's here's the bank account, and I I hope they can find it. That's all. Um, let's go to Bobby for line seven, Virginia. What's going on, Bobby? How are you? Good. How are you? Doing good. How can you make this pithy to the outside the bubble person? It's really simple. He made at least $20 million that we know of from bribes from other from foreign countries to affect American policy. That's it. Now, the inquiry will open up subpoenas so that all of the bank accounts will be gone through. Now, it's you can only know so much at this point, but everybody knows what a bribe is. Everybody knows what a shell company is. If you explain they had over 20 shell companies taking in money from foreign governments, then that's enough to get people on board. Yeah, yeah. 20 shell companies, that's good. Yeah, that sounds bad. (laughs) To the average person, that'll sound bad. Um, You said, uh, what was the line? 20 shell companies. Sorry, go ahead. What's that? No, I said 20 shell companies taking in money from foreign governments and foreign oligarchs to to various Biden family members for no services rendered other than than, than American foreign policy. And they're going to be able to tie actions from Biden to foreign policy. Yeah, that's got to be one more dot that's more clearly connected. Like you and I and everyone listening now knows all about the Ukrainian special investigator that he fired. Like we get it. We've heard that clip a million times. Like you and I get it. Um, Yeah. But that's too much. That's too much for the TikTok radio person. There's no way you can be like, well. Of course. Well, uh, I even forget the guy's name. Do you remember the, remember the, the Ukrainian special prosecutor? Like, eh, no, there's got to be Shulkin. something Shulkin. else. What's it? Wait, what is it again? His name is Shokin. Yeah, so you're like, oh, well, Biden got Shokin fired. You're like, now, out, gone. So there's got to be one, a quicker, closer, more succinct, more pithy connection to an actual change in policy. And then I think I think there's something there. You think they can find that? Look, I'm telling you right now, Comer and Jordan and those guys are really smart. And I can tell you they already have the timeline set. They know what happened. They know what Biden did at the time he got the money and, mm-hmm. and what it was for. I promise you that that stuff, there's 
going to be a timeline that comes out during the impeachment inquiry. Yeah, that's and what, that'd be good. It's going to be damning. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, my prediction is that in the next couple of months, Biden is going to resign for health reasons. I think, yeah, I, I, I think so he, too. He's not going to go through this because yes. he can't win it. And that's that's the ultimate effect. Bobby, I appreciate the call. Well done. Um, so I, I think the goal of this from the Republicans is really just to push him out. But then if you do that, you better be ready for Gavin Newsom. <laughs> I think a lot of conservatives really underestimate Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom is way slicker. Yesterday we uh, played a bunch of clips of Joe Biden in his prime. This is the opening segment of the show yesterday. Joe Biden is prime in his 40s and 50s. And he was a smooth talker, man. That was the only superpower he had was his tongue. And he was slick and he was good. He was good. Gavin Newsom is way better. Way slicker than, than Biden ever was. And we don't get a lot of California listeners or California callers on this show because it's early in the morning. Uh, but I lived there for the last 12 years. I lived with Gavin Newsom as the lieutenant governor. Gavin Newsom as the governor. He is good. One thing real quick about Gavin Newsom, he's severely dyslexic. So for his entire life, he's had to remember things. So he's, he's just sharp. He never has any notes for his speeches. He can't read teleprompters. It's all up in the old noggin, which is why if you remember when Gavin Newsom was interviewed by Hannity recently, uh, they were talking about debating DeSantis. And Newsom was like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. No problem, no prep, no notes. Let's do it. And you're like, oh, yeah, no notes. You, don't, you can't read. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't need to. Anyway, so if you push Joe Biden out, you better be ready for Gavin, but that's, that's another day. I, I feel like there's an energy here. I feel like there's this energy where I'm, I'm like making the case that Joe Biden's innocent. Or I, f- I feel like people think I'm, I'm like, oh, what Joe did is no big deal. <laughs> That's not it at all. I'm just saying if we want it to be an effective impeachment strategy, or my ultimate point is criminal, I think you need to go after Joe Biden and his family criminally more than impeachment. It's got to be good, and it's got to be pithy, and it's got to be easy to understand. That's all. You with me? I feel like there's like this, like, oh, Slater's, uh, Slater. <laughs> like, no, no, I, I got it. We're on the same team here. I, w- I just want it to be really effective. I don't just want to do this for the feels. You with me? I don't want to do it just because, like, oh, good, we got him. We, we impeached him. Okay, then now what? Nothing, nothing, nothing. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I want it to be way more effective than that. All right. Chris Scott from Missouri, line nine. Hey, Scott. Good morning. Hey, how are you, Mike? Doing really good. Thanks for calling. Help the Republicans out here, Scott. Good. All right. For your pithy headline, President Biden accepted a bribe, or sorry, either he solicited a bribe or he extorted an action of a foreign government, one or the other. Yeah. Listen, I'm with you. I'm... Do you think if you said that to someone who's listening to TikTok radio channel number four on Sirius XM right now, they would know anything that you just said? Well, I mean, it's, it's very, it's very succinct in, you know, in, in charge. You're looking for something to grab, to grab somebody yeah. that's not a political junk. Yeah. And, you know, if you, if you put out that, you know, the president there, we're doing this impeachment inquiry because he solicited a bribe or he extorted a foreign government. I mean, yeah, I would think somebody would have an interest in looking into that a little further. I would hope. <laughs> I would hope. Scott, thanks for the call. I would hope. I, I think, I think, I th- I th- listen, I, I may be way off. I may be way off. I think everyone needs to have way a way lower regard for your fellow <laughs> fellow American. Like most people, what was I just told you the survey? Only 36% of people could answer six out of 10 basic U.S. civic questions. I, I, we, we went, in the first hour, we went over the top 10 TV shows in America. It's like America's Funniest Home Videos, and like like a, a celebrity family feud and like $1,000 pyramid, $100,000 pyramid. 
or whatever. And like, I'm not saying like you're, those are bad or whatever, but like who you got to, you really, you really, I don't think people realize how dumb people are and maybe not even dumb. Maybe think that's mean how checked out people are so checked out. I, if you go to someone, you'd be like, Oh, the president extorted money. I think they'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Whatever. <laughs> I think that's what most people like. Oh, America's funny. Some videos on Look, this guy got hit in the crotch with a football. And that's like that. And that's literally idiocracy. Ouch. My balls was, was the joke in, I'm sorry to be graphic, but that was the joke in idiocracy. It was the number one show in idiocracy land. And that's where we're living in right now. So I don't, I don't know if that's, uh, it's going to cut it. This, all right. My last point on this last point. I'll take a break. We'll take more of your calls. Cause again, I feel like I'm like, I'm not presenting myself clearly. You are way, 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 way smarter than most people. Yesterday, a guy called in at the end of the show and was like, well, Slater, in Thomas Souls, and I, f- I forget which one he even said. He's like, well, in uh, <clears throat> Thomas Souls, uh, Wealth, Poverty, and Politics, there's a chapter about the uh, Norwegians uh, immigrating into Ethiopia and bringing, and he's like, what did like, this whole thing? It was like this beautiful, like, 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 like dissertation on a, a Thomas Sowell analysis and whatever. And you're like, oh, like that's unbelievable. What an unbelievable call that this guy could just like knock out. No problem. Like you are very smart. Most people are not. You're very, very with it. You're very connected. You're very aware of what's going on. You even know what extortion is. I don't even think most people know what bribery is. Why do I think that? Because most people don't know how many states there are in this country. Most people don't know who the first president was. I would argue most people don't even know who the current president is. Like that's who, that's what we're up against. Now listen, maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe none of that matters. And I'm putting too much emphasis on speaking to TikTok radio listeners, but that's, that's most of the country. Maybe you don't need to speak to most of the country. Maybe it can all stay inside the bubble. But if you want to get out of the bubble, it's got to be different. Welcome back to Breitbart News Daily. No doubt about it. Emma Joe Morris, Breitbart politics editor, was the highlight of the show. Her thoughts on the impeachment inquiry. Emma Joe, how are you? Yeah. Hello. How are you? Uh, that was, I can't tell if that was like a bit. No, There's no. actually TikTok radio that plays portions of the song. Yeah, no, that's real. Are we, are we like legally allowed to play SiriusXM on SiriusXM? <laughs> are we able to do that? Uh, I, I, I know this has never been done before. And I don't want to get in too much trouble with the bosses. I feel like I've, I've really towed the line of like mocking uh, other stations. But my point, I, there's a real point here, Emma, that if Republicans want, my argument is that if Republicans want to get outside the bubble with their impeachment talk or impeachment inquiry talk, it needs to be distilled in such a piercing and pithy way that someone who listens to TikTok radio would be able to understand it. That was the intellectual you know it's so that's exactly i was that was my first reaction actually to the impeachment um inquiry announcement um i was actually boyle can vouch because i said it to him on the phone i called him up you know after this news broke and we were just talking matt boyle um and and i said that i was like the the key with this is going to be and this isn't even like political like it sounds like political what i'm about to say but this is because I say this because the evidence is so obvious, but it's also such a complicated yes. web of lies. So, you know, it's really hard to follow it if you don't follow it. And I mm-hmm. said this to Boyle literally yesterday. I was like, if these people want to do anything, they have to have like a one sentence answer to what this has to do with Joe Biden. Because that's all that matters. That's all the American people care about. And uh, he's the one that's president, not Hunter. He's the one that's, you know, in charge of our policy, not Hunter. And uh, and he's the one who we voted for, not Hunter. So that needs to be crystal clear. The point of this, if there's one point at all, it's to not only find the 
but and understand the full extent of what this you know in my opinion quite obvious pay for play scheme is but also how to convey that succinctly to the american people in a way that's commonly understood i'm so glad we're on the same page so uh the example i gave earlier of of an argument and this caller's last whole last hour came in with some suggestions on how to do it and it was it was a good good chat um but i think the standard for how, what this has to look like is as pithy and visually understandable as why do we need to impeach the president oh he lied under oath and had sex with an intern you know like that oh like got it totally yeah. understand the story caught up yeah thank you as yeah. this time it's like hey yeah. we got to impeach joe biden well well so his son hunter is a lobbyist for burisma a ukraine and it's like oh i'm i'm on TikTok radio i'm back on channel four i'm done like my attention yes. spans over. And I don't yes. know if that, yes. first of all, so then we had someone calling with a good point and said, Slater, I get what you're saying, but is that really important? Like, do we need to speak to the 60% or whatever percent of people who are out of the bubble? I did this in the bubble, out of the bubble. Like we're in the bubble. We're listening to SiriusXM Patriot, Breitbart News. Like we're in the bubble. Do we really need to speak to people outside the bubble at all? Like they don't vote, who cares? And that's an interesting counter. No, but they do vote, actually. And those people decide elections, mm -hmm. you know, because you have a certain block of people who are on the right and a certain block of people on the left, and they're super caught up and they're super well-versed, and they, they get it one way or another. But, but there's also a huge chunk of people who just have a life, you know, who are mothers and fathers and, and go to work every day and play with their dog on the weekend and take their kids to the park and they are not spending their time, you know, doom scrolling on Twitter or on Breitbart or whatever. And those people just show up at the polls and they sometimes go with their gut. They sometimes go with what the issue of the day is. Um, yeah. You know, they, they talk to their family maybe in the week leading up to election day. Like there are a real subset of people who are, and I know them. I mean, these are the people who I actually try to associate with outside <laughs> of work to keep myself sane, yes. you yes. know, and those are the people that move elections. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We need to remember that. Okay. Very good. So let's back it up a minute. So what, by the way, we're not allowed to play TikTok radio on, on, on Patreon, which is probably, probably for the best. We also anymore. cannot talk smack about TikTok radio on Patriot. Yes, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's our rule. Or Andy Cohen, and I did a couple of things. I got I to gotta tone it, rein it back in. Um, no. so... You're going to get a talking to. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Cohen. I got a spat. Me and Andy are in a spat, apparently. Now I better watch it. Um, so what is an impeachment inquiry? Let's define our terms here. Well, so it's it's... From my understanding, and listen, I'm not a genius or a lawyer or anything like that. I'm just a humble scribe. But from what my understanding is, it, it's not – they're not voting to impeach the president. They are doing an investigation as to whether they're going to vote to impeach the president. Um, and this this is – so it's not a formal, like, oh, like voted-on impeachment proceeding. It's like the lead-up to that. So what it does is – I think before the vote, probably, I don't think that it actually has that big of a difference in terms of, in practical terms, what they can do. But I guess it, if anything, just allows their subpoena. So basically before this, let's say a month ago, they were supposed to be only investigating um, topics and issues that had a legislative purpose. So, you know, for instance, I went to oh, Congress, right, to testify. And the point of that testimony was, to ostensibly inform legislation. So an event happens, let's say the laptop from hell is censored and the CIA and uh, FBI are involved in that. I come in and I talk to Congress about that, that event um, in order to allow them to inform themselves to legislate it from happening again. And now um, the difference in the actions of Congress is that it's an investigation, almost like a criminal investigation um, as opposed to just informing legislation. That is my understanding. Yes, um, but, but I, again, like, you know, go get Alan Dershowitz for that yeah. question, maybe to get a better <laughs> yeah, answer. We, we can talk to Joel about it, but no, that, 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 that's enough to make sense of the difference. So what is your, your humble scribe analysis and instinct on this desire by many to impeach? Let's just focus on impeach. Is that wise? Um, well, 
the thing is, it's it's kind of a principle, right? So what what here? I got your one sentence. What we have is a president who was using his son as a conduit to accept money from from foreign adversaries to this country, um, and that is a matter of fact. There is copious amounts of evidence showing that. So. I'm not a political strategist. I don't work for the GOP and I don't work for Biden or the Democrats, but I'm, I like to think uh, somebody who seeks truth, accountability and transparency um, and seeks and seeks to have a system that is fair, equal and, and, you know, forthright. And so that's, that's my role as a journalist. And that's kind of like just how I see this whole thing. So for me, I'm seeing this mountain of evidence that this is what happened. And then I look at what is demanded of the president, you know, and, and they can't work together. Hmm. So that's my opinion on it. It's like this guy made that bed. And now I don't want to pay for that. You know, I don't want to, I don't want a president who I don't know if I can, you know, rely on his judgment because he's taking money from China, our number one enemy. Is that fair? You know, so I look at this less as like a political calculation. Like that's not what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about the interests of this country. Yeah. And that's not right or left. You know, if Trump was doing this, I would be appalled and have the exact same response to you. And, and this, like, and, and people will say, you know, and I've gotten this so many times. And, and from people who are very, like, you know, who are very well paid, let's say, say, well, we have so many problems in this country, the economy and the border. And, you know, why do we care about, why do we care about corruption? Like that feels like the last thing that impacts people on their day-to-day life. And to that, I say, well, the thing is in order to understand all of the machinations of policy, you have to understand what is the driving force? What is the, um, the impetus? What is the incentive structure of the person making policy decisions? And that's what this is about. Mm. So I like when you said, <clears throat> you said the president used his son to, how did you put it, get money from foreign adversaries? Is that, was that the rest of the sentence? His son was just a conduit to accept payment from foreign adversaries. Okay, I like to, I so like it's accept. like Joe Biden can't take money, right, because he's an elected official. So you put somebody who's just a private citizen in front to sign at the dotted line. Hunter Biden said to his daughter, and I think one of the most damning things on that laptop, he says to his daughter, unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. You don't think that was a joke? That was everything. That Mm -hmm. was everything. That explained the whole, that gave up the whole thing, which is obviously Joe Biden can't accept money from China. Joe, Joe Biden can't accept money from the most corrupt country in the world called Ukraine. So Hunter goes, a crackhead goes and just signs his name to accept the payment, and then he releases the money to the family. We know that that's the business structure. We know that that's the whole payment thing. That's how it works. You think the CCP just parts with the amount of money that has been given to the Biden family, let alone to a crackhead consultant? Come on. How much money do we know? Like $30 million. How about Joe's argument of where's the money? Meaning like, I'm not rich. Where's the money? He said that once. Well, first of all, he, I mean, I'm not rich. He has like what? Three homes. <laughs> um, I don't know what, what standard he's putting himself on to say, I'm not rich. I mean, maybe if he's comparing himself to like Daryl Issa, but uh, yeah, he is rich. And where the money is, um, well, I mean, we have some indication of that. You know, you had uh, Comer came out with the breakdown of how money was distributed into bank accounts, where you have like a 17-year-old daughter or something like that, or a granddaughter who's taking money. You have uh, the ex-wife of Bo who's taking money. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're distributing it or whatever. But I mean, I don't know the details of that. That's, that is obviously what, you know, this impeachment inquiry will look into, but... We know that the money was exchanged. We have those receipts. Yeah. Where's the money? I don't know. You spent, I don't know. <laughs> okay. But it doesn't matter. You obtained it. So what I like, like it's about- It's like there's tons of ways to wash money. There's tons of ways to move money around. Um, that is a ridiculous 
proposition. Yeah, that's what he said. There was, there was oh, an, okay. uh, he was walking away. It. He was walking through past some reporters, <laughs> and a reporter asked, yelled it, and he, as he was walking away, he's like, "Where's yes, the money?" Yes, I know exactly. Yeah, I know exactly when you're talking. But like, it's like as if like, oh, he's only guilty if he's like sleeping on like stacks of hundreds <laughs> in his mattress. So I like what you said. You said, uh, you said the president used his son to accept payments. So what you did there is you started off with the president. Your explanation of it didn't start with Hunter, which I have fallen into no. the trap of doing. It's like, oh, well, Hunter. And it's like, well, already you're setting yourself up for the response. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, cares? I literally stopped caring. I stopped yeah. caring. And I'm not even on TikTok radio. <laughs> That's it. The president used. Okay, well, now that implies intent from Joe. Well, for sure. And I've had this conversation with Wendell Husabo, who is our, our star reporter on this. Um, and we work very closely together. And he once used the word uh, premeditated or intentional. And, and we had this kind of conversation because I struck that word away as his editor. And he came to me and he was like, what? That's, that's an important word. And I was like, no, it's redundant because the nature of all of this is that it is intentional. You don't stumble into a business deal with Burisma. You plan that. That is all of this is obviously very carefully planned and calculated, obviously. And we got that information from, from uh, Tony Bobulinski when he said plausible deniability. Remember that line? That feels like ancient history now, but back in 2020, he described a meeting with Joe Biden and his brother, and his brother says, um, Tony Bobulinski says, how are you not worried about getting caught? And, and the brother goes, oh, it's plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's the money? That's that. <laughs> that's that stupid, yeah. that's that stupid yeah. logic. Yeah, that's it. Arrogant. Okay. Right. Devil's advocate. So I was talking to a friend. And he said, uh, this was right after... Uh, the Hunter Biden, who's the, the the friend of Hunter Biden who testified secretly and then went to Tucker? Devin. Devin, that's right. Devin Archer. Archer, Archer yeah. So yeah, uh, Devin Archer. It was after that, and that sounds like an Abercrombie and Fitch model name. And wasn't he an Abercrombie and Fitch <laughs> yeah, right. model? That's why I hesitated to say it. I was like, is that really his name? It's also Yale. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at, looks at central casting. Uh, so... He was saying, listen, Slater, you don't understand. I've worked in D.C. This is, this is just lobbying. This is what it is. Everyone has a family member with a connection. Like Dick Durbin's wife was a lobbyist for the airlines. That's what it is. And you're, you're an airline yeah. industry, okay, and well, you hire Dick Durbin's wife to be your lobbyist so that one day you can get a meeting with Dick Durbin and maybe influence policy like that's literally well that is obviously that's obviously you know undermining you know it's not explicitly illegal obviously it's undermining the spirit of things but here's the difference is dick durbin's wife or whatever i don't know this specific case but i'm assuming because she's walking free is she (laughs) registered that's the thing about this is that they they didn't register as foreign agents so like even that would be more above board and different because then it's like, okay, Hunter is doing what everyone else in Washington is doing. Okay. But the thing about this was he, he doesn't register. So he's secretly, the only reason we know anything about this is because of Peter Schweitzer. Hmm. That's the only reason that this was a conversation ever is because Peter Schweitzer is is a savage and he (laughs) dug into all, all of their paperwork and figured out, that they were working for Ukraine. But before that, he was the pioneer of this whole story. Before that, they would have, if there was no Peter Schweitzer, God forbid, if there was no Peter Schweitzer, these people would have just gone along and none of us would have known wow. about any of this because he wasn't registered as anything. The wow. point of Farah and the point of lobbying registration is so you can see any citizen can go on um, Open Secrets or there's tons of these websites where you can go and look up a politician and look up a lobbying firm and look up um, any consultant and see who's paying them, who they're talking to. Like, you know, there's transparency involved in registration. These people did not register. So they were trying to pull a fast one. And they didn't because Peter Schweitzer. Wow. How about that? Between... Peter Schweitzer and Emma Joe Morris. Uh, come on. 
I mean, I was trying to be more humble than that, but yeah, Breitbart <laughs> hoards good reporters, apparently. That's it. That's this is the whole the There's whole nowhere thing. Nowhere else worth reading. This is it. You have Peter Schweitzer who unearthed the whole Hunter thing, and then you got Emma Jo Morris who was the Hunter Biden laptop, and that that were now here we are. You guys are history, you humble scribe, you. So give me. <laughs> I wish I wish I wrote so I could use that in, in like a Twitter bio or something like that. But I don't I don't know what the equivalent of talking <laughs> yeah. is instead of scribe. It's not no word is as good as scribe. Um, all right, connect a dot. Give me one dot. I'm in the elevator with my TikTok friend, and I need he needs proof. He needs um, okay, Slater bribery. Okay, like what? Give me something. An FBI whistleblower, uh, sorry, an IRS whistleblower came forward and and announced that there was an FBI document, which we've now all seen, showing that an informant told the government that Joe Biden accepted a $5 million bribe. Joe Biden. Yes. Hunter, too. But Joe Biden, that's who we care about. Five million bucks. Is that, is that a good enough bribe for, for TikTok? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. What do you think? My last question for you. What, what, what's next? What could come out of this that moves the needle at all? Or is it even too late in the game to make any difference? And by the time anything happens, it'll be election time. And that's, you know, moving on. Listen, I'm not going to come here and just make noise about how Joe Biden is finished and the walls are closing in. You know, if you want that, (laughs) go on, I don't know, MSNBC and wait for Trump hour. But uh, what I do think comes of this is, listen, you know, I, I testified to Congress right recently, I, and and in, in that questioning I was asked, did the censorship of the laptop from hell move the election? And I firmly believe that that's true. I think that the people who did it believe that's true. There's text from Jim Baker, uh, the former FBI lawyer and then Twitter general counsel, who thanked, uh, you know, the Bureau for their hard work. Um, everybody involved knows that that's true. The censorship of this information, of the corruption of the Biden family and of Joe Biden, um, moved the election. We have another election coming up. Congress is the best venue for um, talking to the American people because it is a official body that basically the news is required to report on. And I think that if anything comes of this, it will just be informing the voters this time around, once and for all, what the Biden family is, what Joe Biden is in a way that they were robbed of in 2020. Mm. Yes. Well done. Emma Joe Morris. And again, like I don't say that as like a political like move. No, this is it, it. I consider a political stunt, something where you're obfuscating a piece of information in order to give it a spin um, that is more favorable to the outcome that you want. This is not that. This is matters of fact. This is a series of facts about the president and who is now running for re-election. This is a series of facts about this person, about what they do when they're in office, and about, hopefully, if they can get this information, because it's critical, the decision-making um, process of this person who is the president of the United States. This isn't political. This isn't like, um, you know, we're spinning tracks. No, this is what are the series of facts straight up? The American people are not stupid and they're not babies. They need to be told like adults, like sensible adults, what this person is about. That's it. And you know that we know what Trump's about. They're doing a real rectal on him. And and okay, but then we have to get a rectal on the other one, too. And there is something to see. Let me, I was going to let you go, but let me play this clip for you. This is Philip Bump, uh, columnist at the Washington Post. What do you take from the text message to his adult daughter? uh, Hundreds of text messages. I have to give 50% of my income to pop. I have no idea what that means. I don't. I have no idea what that means. Well, it's, 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 it's. I know it's circumstantial evidence and you prefer that. No, what, what, what could it be? I have no idea. But doesn't it? I don't know. Well, I appreciate your, has anybody, has anybody asked her? I don't know. I don't know. Don't you think somebody should ask her? Okay. Like, I, I'm not, I just said I don't know, and I don't know what to make of it, so I have nothing yeah, but, to say you, about it. Yeah, what, but doesn't what do you it, want me to say? Yeah, but you say there's no evidence, no evidence, but then there's a text message where he says, I give Pop 50% of my money. That's, that's evidence. Okay, well, what, okay, fine, fine. So, it's evidence. I appreciate you having me on. It doesn't, it, that, something like that, 
Who do you think is being more? I, I listen to that and I'm saying, am okay. I, am I, okay. you, you can free you, to go. I, think, I feel you want me to leave, like just walk out in the middle of this you because that go. way you can you like. Can, you can go. Okay, there you go. That's a columnist for the Washington Post. <laughs> That's a real journalist. <laughs> you see, we at Breitbart are, are you know, buck tooth idiots. And that is a refined and educated and, uh, and elite reporter. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what a clown. But you see, like, this is, this is it. It's like this is why the impeachment inquiry is so important because that – is what is it responsible for informing people are you like that that's that i can't even there's no words for that it's just incredible um you know for anyone who doesn't know uh i'll just explain um the role of a journalist is to uh when they encounter something that would appear to be heinous and treacherous corruption they should um you know kick the tires and if they if they have questions they should maybe they should seek to answer them um this guy um doesn't seem interested in the job. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing there. Emma Joe Morris, Breitbart News <laughs> politics editor. Thank you, Emma. <laughs> Thank you. Have a wonderful day. There goes our humble scribe, who I, I will always introduce her that way from now on forevermore. Humble scribe, Breitbart News politics editor, Emma Joe Morris. I'm American made. I got American parts. Thanks for listening to Breitbart News Daily. Gosh, we have so much more to do tomorrow. One thing we have to talk about is the United Auto Workers. We never got to it today, but they may go on strike uh, tomorrow. Uh, All big three, the big three American automakers uh, may go on strike. So what are they asking for? 48% pay increase and a 32-hour work week, a four-day work week? Really? What are the ramifications of that? We'll chat about that tomorrow. Mike Slater, Breitbart News Daily. Spread the word.